the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. Danny Cannell joining us shortly. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at youtube.com slash cover three and everywhere you get your podcasts on demand. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe, smash that like, and come and join us in the chat, AKA the cover three tailgate where Darius Jack says, sound the alarms. That's right, Darius, because you see those sirens in your feed. You know exactly what that means. Emergency podcast here on a Wednesday afternoon as Nick Saban has informed his team that he is going to be retiring. This opens up a a lot that we are going to unpack here with you in this emergency podcast, but also, of course, in the coming days and in the coming weeks. Uh, Danny, joining us, I appreciate you jumping on from the car. Uh, I'll let let you get first. Are are we on the road to a soccer game right now? On the road. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we hear you all right. Mike, good? Okay, not horrible? Not, Not great? Not Not, the best. Hey, look, connection seems fine. That's honestly what's most important right now. So uh, what comes to mind first? We've got uh, seven national championships. We've got the influence on the sport. We've got sort of, you know, who he was, um, you know, as a part of the growth of modern college football and, of of course, of the SEC and sort of what it has become as well. So uh, where where do we go first here when we're starting to break this all down? Uh, I mean, I'm obviously we're going to spend time on legacy, greatest ever, all those conversations. But me, I think about the ramifications, what this could mean, the domino effect. I mean, we kind of hit on this a little bit with Harbaugh if he stepped away from Michigan because that was on the tip of our tongues and we thought that could happen. But my immediate thing is where does this leave Bama? Who, who, you know, who's the next guy? And I know we have time to guess on all those. And then – what job does that open? And just here we go in another coaching cycle that is just wild because this is the, the job in college football is now open and it's, you know, best job out there. And not only that, but now you have to fill these massive shoes that are left behind from Saban. It is wild. I mean, I, I, and I, I kind of, you know, we had joked about it. Hey, have we heard anything? And I think, was it after the pod was over today? We kind of said, do we, we expect anything? We're kind of kicking it around. Um, yeah you know, I, ideas and, you know, go ahead. Well, I, I, uh, I did a pre-write one hour ago and it was no source, no reporting. 
It was just a hunch. I said, I was like, number one, it's been really quiet coming out of Alabama. Number two, we haven't hired a defensive coordinator or a linebackers coach. Like we haven't have, we haven't filled staff positions that would otherwise be filled. And I was like, do we have anything ready? You know, just in case this thing pops. Cause the other piece is if it was going to happen, it gonna, is going to happen now. Cause January 12th is when the contact period opens. I do not think Nick Saban was going to enter the contact period, even though they don't have much work to do on the 24 cycle. I was just kind of like this, this, this might happen right now. So I'm, I am surprised, but not um, by all of this, but it's, it, it is like you said, Danny landscape shifting and Tom, like I, I, where, where do we start with Nick Saban in terms of what he meant to the sport? Because number one in national championship seven, number 15 in overall wins at 292. He had what I think is going to go down as one of the most impressive runs from 2009 to 2020. That six titles in a 12 year run, I think forever changed the sport though. How do you start to pick this apart and how do you start to look at Nick Saban now that he is stepping away from the sport? I mean, he's the greatest college football coach of all time. I don't know that there's any other way you can look at it just based on his accomplishments and not even, it's not just what he accomplished. It's that his accomplishments changed the sport in that what he was doing at Alabama became the you know blueprint for a whole lot of other programs and you look at how many coaches have come through tuscaloosa and his staff and have learned you know the Saban way and then tried to take it to other jobs and try to you know implement it there he's and then you know hell just look at the coaching aspects what he did for like coverages and that kind of stuff schematically like this is a man who had a tremendous impact on the sport of college football and even a little bit in the nfl because that stuff is leaked up there but it's just the process that we've gone through has changed dramatically because of Nick Saban, what he did at Alabama and the success that he's had. And it is somewhat fitting to me. Like, like you said, Chip, it's, it's, it's a surprise because Nick Saban's retiring and it's like, even no matter what, when that news drops, it's like, whoa, but it's also not a surprise because we talked about it during the but was talking about it last year, but we talked about it during the season. Like he was doing a lot of, you know, taking it in kind of moments and like appreciating stuff that you really didn't typically see him doing before. And then the, even the way he was talking about his team after they lost in the Rose Bowl, talking about how this was, you know, his favorite team or whatever, this was the best teams ever coached and all that kind of stuff. Like there was a lot more reflection in Nick Saban and what he was saying all year long. And it kind of, hinted that something like this was coming, even though I never, I still don't even think he's retiring. It's just weird to think that college football, Nick Saban's going to be gone, but we're entering an entirely new era of the sport. And it seems kind of fitting that Nick Saban is like, all right, this era is done. A new one's starting. I'm going to step aside. How many, I mean, and how 72 year old Nick Saban, he's out 72 year old Pete Carroll, though, not necessarily. It sounded like he still wanted to do it. He's out. Uh, I, I, of course, I'm going to think about college basketball and all the coaches that have looked, surveyed the landscape and just kind of said, you know what, my, my, my time here is done. You know, it, it's interesting to try to group Saban in, you know, with this because after him, he has no peers. He has no contemporaries. There's nobody in the sport that's close to his age range and success. I mean, I guess you could say Mac Brown, right? In terms of being older and also having a national championship, but it even feels like we're dealing with a different kind of coach right there. I mean, just but banana stuff. I think that here, I like that the, the rest of the SEC, and by the way, Danny, the cover three tailgate 
is just don't look at the chat right now. Keep your eyes on the road as much as possible. <laughs> cover three tailgate is like, please don't wreck live on the cover three right now. I got autopilot. Autopilot's okay. working. Okay, all right, that's good. Um, you either did a couple things. You tried to hi- you tried to just get a little piece of saving success by hiring his assistants, or you tried to copy his blueprint. He changed how to staff mm-hmm. a, co- a modern college football program. He he changed how you evaluate, how you recruit, what it takes. I mean, he took the bar and raised it and made everybody come get him. And he's walking away at a time when we're all like, hey, guess what? Everybody caught up to Alabama. Danny, you said yourself, the dynasty is over. The days of the blowouts and the gap between Alabama and everywhere else are over. I think college football is better because everybody else had to keep up with Nick Saban. Totally. Um Two people, two, I mean, obviously Bama owes him a ton, right? He's, he's lifted Bama back, back up to prominence to the top of the college football world where they're always in the conversation. But, you know, the SEC is king and SEC chants, those weren't around before Saban got to Bama. I mean, I know it's become a new thing with the college football playoff, but also I don't know if they're able to make that claim. I mean, what do they put an emphasis on? How many championships they've won over the past, what is it, 17, 18 years? And how many of those are Alabama? And so, like, he helped elevate Bama. He elevated the SEC. And in doing such, who do you think is responsible for making the SEC the most valuable product out there, or one of them with the Big Ten? I mean, all these new TV deals, they're coming because everyone had to elevate their game to try to catch up with Alabama. So I think the SEC owes Nick Saban a ton of gratitude and a, he's a huge reason why they are in this position of strength in all of college football as, you know, the strongest conference in all the, you know, all the land. Cause I know it's hard to remember back that far, but it was not always the case where the SEC was this dominant. And I know people are like, ah, you're just being your typical anti SEC self. I promise you it was not that way. And it wasn't a thing. And now he's made it and it's become like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And he's the biggest reason why the SEC is back on top of the college football world as he walks out the door. Also, I want to give him some credit, too, in that not even just for what he's accomplished, but the way he's gone about this, in that he didn't do the damn retirement tour. He, he didn't make it about him for a year like a certain other very successful coach at the college level once did a few years ago. Who also lost in the semifinals in heartbreaking fashion. I mean, to a rival. college yeah. sports going yeah. out on tough notes. <laughs> but also, like, I will say, too, like, the fact that he waited to today to announce it. Like he could have announced it. He, he, he's obviously known. He could have announced it after the Rose Bowl, but he didn't want to steal the shine away from Michigan getting it and going on and all that stuff. And he could have announced it during the week, but he didn't want to take the distraction away from a national title game. So he let the game happens. Then there's the day, there's the parade, there's all that stuff. And then afterwards, okay, I'll leak it out now. It's or we could officially announce it. So I, I do appreciate that. I also think that kind of gives you a sense of, who he is like he's very very good and obviously every single coach has an ego you have to to get to that level but there are a lot of ego maniac coaches nick saban does not strike me as that type um he also based on the reporting told eh, i don't know about that danny (laughs) i mean he's still got an ego i i I think it's class i think he's got some class to him where he's aware of What's at stake? I think I think he does care about the greater game of college football. I mean, mm-hmm. most, and that's not a knock against Saban. I think all of them have massive egos, and there's a lot of you know God complex. But I I give him credit for what you're talking about is kind of doing the right thing, not overshadowing either last week leading into the playoff or this week, you know, overshadowing what Michigan did. 
and based on the reporting, some of the first wind we heard was that he had told the team, mm-hmm. you know, like team meeting was called for today. They all got together and he told the team and, you know, like exactly who we thought would drop the story had it first, you know? <laughs> and so it, it's, it, it's out there, it's off and running and he has controlled this news, which as we can see by the fire alarm that has Danny jumping on in the car on the way to soccer. <laughs> then, it's a big game tonight too. Oh man. What's the spread? To the top of the table. <laughs> Over under three and a half goals. I know that. That's a good number. Any injuries we yeah. need to know about? Come on. <laughs> yeah. um, and this is uh, a remarkable, remarkable uh, moment because it is uh, shifting forever. All right. You want to hit a break and then get into the, that other part of the conversation? Sure. Okay. Coming up on the other side. So Nick Saban's out. What next? We've thought about it for a long, long time. We've thrown out the names. The list of names has changed over the years. We'll get into some of that way too early speculation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast, Tom Finelli, Danny Cannell, Chip Patterson. This is an emergency edition as Nick Saban is retiring as Alabama's head coach. Also, doesn't this just add to um, the conferences are going to be unrecognizable, the playoff is going to be expanded, and Nick Saban's not going to be there? You you throw in what might or might not happen in Ann Arbor. I mean, we are dealing with like a brand-new sport. I We're might excited. owe Bud five hundred bucks here soon. What was the? What do you? What would I that gave mean? Him, I gave him one dollar bet, five hundred to one, that all four of the college football playoff semifinal coaches would be different next year. Oh, there's one. There's one. Exactly. Oh boy. Oh, and either one of the either could one of Texas or Washington yeah. could end up at the other two. Yeah, Bud knew what he was doing. Oh no. Yeah. All right. Well, oh dear. Win some college basketball bets here soon. Hey, what we learned and lost in Feast Week will always help us win it back in February and March. Okay, so Steve Sarkeesian, right? You got to put him out there. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got to throw. So Steve Sarkeesian is a little bit more of like the newer school. I think, are we off Dabo or is Dabo still in the mix? I don't think Dabo will be in the mix. I don't think. What about Lane? I think Lane is always in the mix, but I think too, like the buyout situation is going to be complicated. And also for Sark too. Yeah. That's what I'm saying for all these coaches, like whether it's Sark, Kiffin, Dabo, Lanning, anybody you want to mention who's currently sitting at a power five job, the buyout's going to be a, 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 a tough deal. But there's also the question of like, do you, do you want to follow Nick Saban at Alabama? Right. Uh, you're putting your own, uh, you're putting your own, like, I think priorities on top, not priorities, but the, you, I think you're attacking that from, from your own 
biases in a good way because I agree with you. You want to go to the Bulls after Michael Jordan retires and wear the number 23? I, I think it depends on who you are and what job you have. Like we were just Sark. There's no way I'm leaving Texas with what I've got going with how happy they are to be back. Uh, if I'm Lane Kiffin, I'm thinking, yeah, maybe I do take this. Why not? I mean, he seems more like the guy that's willing to take that risk that says, sure, I'll take that shot. But to your point, I mean, Saban is a very smart man. And I do think, like, I wonder if nothing had changed in college football, if he would still be coaching. You know, mm. I, I think there is an edge that's gone. And I, he's been one that's been out in front of it saying, hey, we need more parity. But it's also getting a lot harder. Now, there's also the rules. It's a lot harder to do this year round. We talked a little bit about that today. But like the next coach, the expectation is going to be you need to match what Nick Saban did or come close to it every year. 11 and 1, 12 and 0, you know, 10 and 2 is a horrible year. Look at the schedules for all the SEC teams. Like it is a new dynamic. Like you've been saying, Chip, I just and I don't know if fans are going to realize that as a, as this kind of process plays out. That's going to be a just a pressure cooker and what's probably going to be almost an impossible task in the new landscape to even come close to the type of record that he accumulated. Is there any chance that there's a successor on the staff right now? Possibly. I mean, is it his guy? Wow. I mean, if, if that's the case, it has to be his guy. Don't you think it would be like his appointment? Like mm-hmm. that they have that much respect for him, but does he have a relationship like that with anybody on his staff? I mean, besides Kevin like, Steele, who just retired, like Tommy staff, Reese, they're not giving it to him. Yeah, that staff has been so overturned in the last five, six years where it's like there really has never like thinking back to like you mentioned Mac Brown, Chip, like the, the coach in waiting, Will Muschamp and all that kind of stuff. There hasn't been anybody on that staff long enough to really get that kind of. Well, this is obviously the guy that's going to replace the guy. So, yeah, it's I have no idea. Like, that's why this is a fascinating gig, because the every single big name is going to be attached to it and they should be because a it could be leverage for them for new deals but b it's one of the prime jobs in the sport but like i mentioned how many of those guys want to follow saban and so it's like i feel it's going to be tough to make this higher because you have a very attractive job to sell you have very high demands from your fan base and very high expectations and it'll be interesting to see how do you meet those expectations? Because I feel like no matter what, there's got to be some some kind of sense of a letdown. You're going from Nick Saban to somebody who isn't Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Like, who can you really hire where everybody's going to be like, yay! And what are the odds? They, I mean, they could hire Bill Belichick, and the fans would probably be like, oh, right now. He hasn't won lately. <laughs> you know, like, what it's about- just going to be impossible. Pete Carroll? <laughs> I don't Available! He is yeah. available. You know who else is available that would make sense to me? I have. I don't think he's interested in the job, but I, I think would be great at the college level. I think Mike Vrabel would win a whole ooh, bunch of games ooh, and very much fits a great name. the kind of culture and what Alabama is and was under Nick Saban at its best. I don't think he'd have any interest in it, but I, I think something like that. Like I don't know if it's going to be a quote-unquote established college football coach, but it could be a very good coach. Well, also, I don't know if they, I mean, Vrabel obviously is going to have a lot of suitors in the NFL. Does mm-hmm. a does an NFL coach want to go into that mess right now? That's why I think that's probably unlikely. Oh, 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 oh. yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know, man. Like, 
you can name any coach right now. And the thing about this gig is it's like, yeah, they might be interested. Like, you know, it's like outside of Jim Harbaugh, I feel like there isn't a power five coach that use name you can't say that would not be like, I'd very much consider that Alabama job. That's a pretty damn good job to have. Like Kirby, no. Harbaugh, no. Other than that. If it gets to Lane, I could see, I could, Lane's skin is so thick and he's been through so much that I just think that he would be able to take the pressure cooker part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the chat wants us to say Dion. No, I. That's oh, 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 excuse me. I will say it for the transcript. <laughs> oh, Tom Fernelli, let us talk about Dion Sanders and the potential that Dion Sanders might end up being the Alabama coaching search hire result. It being Dion Sanders, head coach of Colorado, Dion Sanders. You know what I've heard, Chip? I've heard that if Dion Sanders replaces Nick Saban at Alabama, he's going to bring Arch Manning from Texas to be his quarterback. Deion Sanders, Arch Manning, Deion Sanders, Arch Manning. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of Manning, what about Lanning? It makes sense. Buddy, <clears throat> I, I, mean, I had the profile as like, okay, because, right, you were a uh, staffer, right, for like a year at Alabama. Mm-hmm. You leave with uh, Kirby. You're uh, an assistant for Georgia, a very successful one. You go to Oregon, and, man, you know, the uh, – the 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 opportunity for Alabama might be there, but every bit of momentum is behind you at Oregon right now with the move to the Big Ten, with the way the investments are happening behind the scenes to be able to power Oregon to stay at that elite championship contention level. So I'm, I'm kind of like you, Tom, with, with sort of put yourself in his shoes, but I'm not in his shoes and I don't share his perspective. Maybe Dan Landing has thought in the back of his head, if Alabama comes calling, that would be something that I'd be interested in. Who knows? I mean, listen, I've I've been around this sport long enough to know that coaches say things and you can only take what they say as gospel to a certain point because things change. You know, the math changes and the calculations change. But when Dan Lanning was saying about a month or so ago, maybe even a little longer about how he loves Eugene, he's got his kids there and he wants to watch them grow up there. I thought he meant it. Like, I thought he was somebody that's like, listen, I've got everything I need here. If I want to compete for national titles, I have everything I need to do it at Oregon, and I'm in a place I like. So Dan Lanning is a great candidate that makes a ton of sense. I will not be surprised. Like I said, calculations and the math can change. But the the feeling I got from Lanning is I think he's genuinely happy at Oregon. We think so Danny, much that. Uh, go ahead. So, so much of Dan Lanning, I think, depends. Like, I don't know what he wants. Um, you know, he spent time in the SEC. Does he want, does he have a competitive drive to win there as opposed to the Big Ten where he's going? Because uh, I think money's going to be all the same. Phil Knight has got, he'll match any offer. Um, but does he feel like he can get better resources at Bama, better access to the South, better access to high school recruits? I don't know. Uh, but he'd be a fantastic – he's definitely going to be in the conversation. But yeah, I don't know what be. he wants. But that's, what's interesting is in all these jobs, outside of Lane Kiffin, like in the names that we're talking about, I know, I know Alabama is the best. But is it – Top 10, 15, I don't know that answer. And to be the guy that follows him. I don't know if that's what I would do. You know, now these guys are different. Why not wait? You're 
close Oregon because this job might be open in three to four years. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, again, this is a fascinating situation. The landing, the landing proposition, again, if I was to put myself in his shoes, is that you wait for the next time it's open and that you're just assuming there might be. The Dabo, the, excuse me, the Dabo piece of this, we brushed off. Tom, can we elaborate? Because I think you and I are sharing the same sentiment. Why did we move so quickly beyond Dabo Sweeney, national championship winner, former Alabama player, <laughs> um, and, you know, got his start there in, in another generation of Alabama greatness and has had his own uh, relationship with Alabama. So well, I'll, I'll explain my part, too. Why, why did you move so quickly beyond it? I just think that what Alabama's goals are are not Dabo Sweeney's goals. I think Dabo was very happy to compete and win national titles at Clemson as long as he was doing it his way. And I don't think the way Dabo likes to do it is the way it can work anymore. Like saw, we, yeah, I mean, I saw a note that Dabo Sweeney is the only uh, Clemson is the only team in the top twenty-five of the recruiting rankings without a transfer portal addition. Yeah, part of the class. Mm-hmm. You know, just whether it's Jamison Williams, whether it's Jameer Gibbs, you know, we, we can keep going down the list. The the transfer portal has been very important to filling spots on teams that have contended for championships at Alabama. So he, I'm, I'm kind of with you. It's, it seems like Dabo and Clemson are perfect for each other right now. And they might get to the back of the, the, the top of the mountain again. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't know. Uh, I, I just don't know what the, what the chances are of Alabama having to make this decision is going to look and put him ahead of some of the other names we've mentioned. Bud's in the chat suggesting to Miko Ryans, who is an Alabama alum. I just, I don't see a sitting NFL coach leaving for the Alabama job, especially a sitting NFL coach who might've just inherited a franchise QB in CJ Stroud. Like I have a feeling the Texans could be good for a while, but I can't rule it out. Any other names? Mike Norvell. I I mean, that's the thing. There's any coach that's had success that is viewed as somebody who can, who is at least willing to compete for national titles and has the, you know, desire to compete for national titles is somebody that will be considered for this job because that is the goal at Alabama. It's not just, we're going to go, we're trying to get to the playoff and have a good old time. It's like, no, like Saban has completely rewritten what the standard is there. I mean, they've always one of the top programs in the sport, but now they've just completely, like we talked about at the top of the show, they've changed the sport. Like the sport didn't like, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Sorry. I'm on way too much cough and cold medicine, but it's just like, yeah. What was I saying? (laughs) Well, so you were talking about the, the way that the sport is changing the role that Alabama has played in it. And the job that you would be taking over carries so much more weight, so much weight that I've seen in the cover three tailgate, something that has been suggested that has also been suggested behind the scenes that if we do get to this place where there is a college football commissioner or a czar of college football or a leadership position that is meant to think of the best interests of the sport at large, Nick Saban's going to be it if he wants, right? If that's something that he wants to be a part of, there is, There is no one in the sport right now, and I'm including Nick Saban because he's obviously still connected to the sport. There is no one that I have gotten a better sense of in terms of 
their their messaging, the way that they have articulated the issues and the way that they have addressed them like Nick Saban. And a lot of times he says, and I don't have all the answers. And sometimes that gives me more confidence in you as a leader when you're able to say things like, and I don't have all the answers, but he does have a good idea of where we can, where we need to get. We are building a new college football. If Nick Saban wants to you know, walk out of coaching and become the new commissioner of the sport, let's go. Give it to me. What if, I mean, you mentioned, we've talked about it. Nobody wants to be the guy to follow the guy, right? So you need something of an interim. What if there's an interim out there who's had plenty of successes in interim and also has a national title to his oh. name? Oh, I call up the coach, and you're gonna I'll tell you what, if you just need somebody to come in there and just uh, I get the going. Oh, I get it going. I tell you what, we talk all about not being the guy to follow the guy, but let's let's also take a step back. And I know that we're not going to have SEC East, SEC West, and you are going to be chasing Georgia, which is running really hot. But Texas A&M just had a coaching change, mm-hmm. right? Auburn, Jimbo. Auburn is one year removed. From a coaching change, Hugh Freeze only has one year under his belt right now. You might, uh, you've got a coaching change at Mississippi State. Arkansas might be one year away from a coaching change. I mean, you're kind of looking at a like all your like general old SEC West rivals. A lot of them are still in flux right now. The only the only exception would be Brian Kelly at LSU, who just dropped a bag to be able to take Missouri's defensive coordinator and Texas's defensive line coach which suggests that someone around LSU understood what might be happening at Alabama and understanding that you might be able to hit the gas and make up some ground right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the challenge is the same when you do have so much instability that's going on elsewhere around the conference. No, God, this is, this is such a, cause we focused obviously on who's going to replace Saban at Alabama, but the dominoes that are going to fall from this, because if you do, if you do pluck somebody like Lane away from Ole Miss, or you pluck Lanning away from Oregon or whoever, then another big job comes open and we're in the middle of January. And you know, the early signing day period is done. The transfer portal window is closing, but there's also, you know, the spring window that's going to open. Like this is thinking of like, the next steps that come from this, it is going to be a wild off season because of this. Because when you think of everything that's changing and everything everybody's got to prepare for and all the changes that are still left to come, because coach carousel was stopped, Chip. It was done. You'd come to a stop. And now we got to start spinning that bitch again. This is going to be nuts. Mm. We're, of course, going to keep you locked in. If you're listening to this later, thank you so much. We appreciate it. If you're hanging out live in the Cover 3 tailgate, if this is your first time, please subscribe. As Tom mentioned, we've got crazy, huge coaching searches. We've got a new college football landscape. And the Cover 3 podcast is going to be able to be with you up to the minute, all throughout every single bit of change with news and analysis. Last one, Urban Meyer. What do we think? Yes or no? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Urban Meyer, Alabama coaching search. Urban Meyer, Alabama coaching search. I swear, if Urban Meyer is where this thing ends, ooh, it's good for business. You want the soft focus feature, the nice bow on this story? Bring Bill O'Brien back. Him and Jalen get back together. (laughs) They kiss and make up and they go win some games. I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere close to that. No, sir. Brian Ferentz. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernell. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Keep it locked here at the Cover 3 Podcast. 
Tom, thank you very much. Thank you.